1: The Philippe Matthews Show at the PMShow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen. Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And We're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and I am here with uh, Charlene Costanzo. Uh, She is the author of the award-winning bestseller, The Twelve Gifts of Birth, uh, The Twelve Gifts uh, uh, for Healing, uh, and The Twelve Gifts in Marriage. And her latest phenomenal work is Touchstones, uh, stories for uh, living the twelve uh, How are you, my dear?
0: I am very good. Happy to be with you, Philippe.
1: Thank you for being with me and taking time out of your schedule. Um, looking at this wonderful work, I want to ask the question, What? Uh, why are touchstones so important in, in, in your life and then subsequently uh, in, in other people's lives?
0: Well, I think we're all uh, just becoming busier, and we all have challenges, and sometimes the world seems troubled you know we see things in the news and can easily be discouraged in our personal lives or in the world mm-hmm. and yet the truth is that and and you know there are things going on and at the same time there are wonderful things going on and some and within each one of us there is just so much talent and beauty and strength and courage i find this to be true in my life i can either kind of go and uh you know to feel very empowered or i can feel pull down and when we make the choice and we use uh, touchstones can, which can be very simple things which I want to get into what they are but you know mm-hmm. they help us to be, stay in touch with what really empowers us and uplifts us and helps us to shift into being positive and hopeful
1: so what exactly is a is a, a touchstone? Um I don't I'm sure many people have seen it, but maybe don't know the technical uh, uh name for it, uh, but it's a well, very powerful thing.
0: Yeah, well the word in, in present in our present language really stands for anything that is um uh sort of it stands for something really valuable and is authentic and real. And um so in today's world, anything that helps point the way to, you know, what is really courage, what is what is a valuable, really anything. But uh, centuries ago, a touchstone was a literal, like a river stone, a smooth stone that people used to use to help them identify real gold and would help them build um, material wealth, you know, because if someone offered you, if you were carrying around such a touchstone and I wanted to trade with you, um, for, um, I don't know, a mule or so, your cow, your whatever. Um, and I um, offered you a piece of gold to make sure it was authentic. You would take my piece of gold and mark it along uh, on your stone alongside this, the streak that you knew was for sure real gold and to be able to determine if what I was offering you was genuine or not. But, but that word came to mean, as I said, anything. And obviously, you can see how that would be very valuable for someone mm-hmm. to be able to test what is real. So I I find that I love this word. I think it just sounds very beautiful and evocative. But I know every day I want to be kind of be thinking about what choices am I making moment by moment throughout the day? Because in a way, I'm trading you know, throughout the day, we're kind of trading all our time for you know what are we doing with our choices, and I want to be remembering throughout the day to be um, making choices in which I'm really using my inner strength, beauty, courage, compassion, and I'm seeing this in other people, and I'm just mm-hmm. you know I'm kind of on the high road.
1: When did the, when did your love for Touchstone uh, begin? When was this introduced it, to you?
0: Well. um you know, I think what really stands out for me is about, well, it was tw- um, um, when I published my first book, The Twelve Gifts of Birth, my husband and I got on the road, lived in a motorhome for a year from 1999 and 2000, and we actually gave away, um, I would read my first book, which is only 500 words, The Twelve Gifts of Birth. A little fable, and I would read it in schools and churches and bookstores and shelters, prisons, hospitals, all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. And then I would offer people, actually, not um, a, a touchstone with a streak of gold on it, but little, all different colored polished stones like agates and quartz and, you know, little polished stones are very popular, smooth stones. And they symbolize, for me, um, like it's a reminder for people to re- realize that they're valuable. And sometimes, now these polished stones, before they're polished, they can look just plain, ordinary, rough, kind of worthless. And but when they're tumbled and polished, you know, then the beauty comes out and their smoothness and you know. You see their strength and their beauty. Jewelry is often made from them. It's kind of like a
1: metaphor metaphor for how we uh, evolve, is that right?
0: Exactly, exactly, because just like these stones are put in a a tumbler, they're tumbled and, you know, really it's, it's through a rough process that their beauty comes out. I think, you know, in many ways that is how it is for us in life, that very often our struggles, our stumbles, Um, eventually some things are kind of worn off uh, and very often our masks, our armor, and we become more willing to be real and vulnerable and share ourselves. And in a way, that's really how our beauty comes out.
1: Mm -hmm. Tell me about um, how these stories can help decrease uh, a lot of the judgment uh, that is going on in our culture right now.
0: Well, if I may first just um, comment that besides... Actual stones and other metaphors. I mean, people can can use um, many many things to be a touchstone for them to carry around—a feather, a coin, a paperclip, a tool. You know, anything. It can be a, a touchstone. Can be an affirmation, a quote, a song. But especially stories are work so well for us because the other thing is we're always telling stories and focusing on stories. You know, what did you do today? What happened? What did you see on the news? And, you know, and making a story out of everything. But when we specifically choose to have a kind of a collection of a few moments, um, times in our lives when it's, it stands out as an example of a time that we know, we reach back into that memory and say, boy, I really I'm proud of myself in that moment. I was courageous. I was strong. Or I, I can see that I, the way I forgave someone then, I was so compassionate. Well, having stories like this just really help us, again, because if we've, we're sort of going along and feeling like we're in a fog or depressed or weak, and you reach for one of these stories, suddenly we begin to shift and feel better about ourselves and hopeful and, you know, more empowered. And when you asked about how can they help with judgments I'll tell you if may tell you about one of the stories in my book which is one of my touchstone stories. It was a way um i well I remember that many years ago I was making a judgment about um one of my uncle I was comparing one of my uncles and uh, one of my husband's uncles, and um my uncle was someone who was very um just very really great with kids um mm-hmm. with my our young children he was he really listened to them and paid attention and everyone in the family he would Um, actively, you know, play games, play checkers, paddle ball contest. He would watch whenever they learned a new skill like twirling a baton. And my husband's uncle didn't relate well, well to children. He was often dismissive and gruff. And so I judged him as unkind and kind of not good enough with children. And I think we should always, now I always want to catch myself. Whenever I'm thinking either I'm not good enough or anybody else is not good enough about anything, that's a red flag like, Uh aha, I'm making a judgment and I want to drop that. And, um, but anyway, what happened back then with this story is one summer day we had a serious plumbing problem in our old Victorian farmhouse. It was filled with, um, the basement suddenly had a sewage backup problem. And as soon as my husband's uncle heard about it, he showed up in hip boots, prepared to help drain and clean the basement. And, you know, the mess of it didn't bother him at all. And in that moment, I, I just realized that my uncle, who was great with kids, could not fix a thing, and he would certainly not have been willing to enter that basement, do anything. You know, and that's okay, too. He, that was just not his area of strength. But mm-hmm. So, is see, that's an example of a touchstone story. For me, it oh. pops up again. So when I'm ready to judge someone, I'll think, and I call that story apples and oranges, and I think Uncle Ray, Uncle Spike, and it just reminds me in in this moment not to be judging whoever I'm judging. And I do but- think that in our world right now, we're often, you know, there is a lot of comparing who's right, and who's wrong? Sometimes it gets kind of mean spirited, and um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: one way to do that is for, to to kind of alleviate that is for each of us to just say, "Well, how am I going to become a little less judgmental?"
1: You know, the other thing I like about um, <clears throat> uh, touchstones and the concept of that is, uh, you know, how we can, as you had mentioned, go into a negative story. Um, and what I like about touchstones is, the moment that you touch it, it will stop whatever that. Descriptive. is uh, at
0: the right, Oh, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes when if I, I have found, and today is one of those days, I'm having just an especially busy day. I feel like I'm experiencing jet lag, and I haven't even traveled anywhere. But um, <laughs> it's, And so today I realized, you know what, honestly, it's hard for me to even think of a story, but the very words... That are that our inner resources can be a touchstone for us, and, and those are strength, beauty, courage, compassion, hope, joy, talent, imagination, reverence, wisdom, love, and faith. Are the three? Are the, are the um, twelve gifts that I write about in my three fables and in my the five books that I, uh, in the collection that I focus on these. But I especially find that just saying like the word strength say hope, compassion, if you just pause and say the word, I find that um, right in that moment a shift begins to happen. Now, Mm -hmm. it may be small, admittedly, but you know, it's a start.
1: That is so beautiful.
0: Um, Well, a touchstone can be as little as that, saying the word.
1: Um, Talk to me about this. You know, we kind of live, uh, unfortunately, in an ugly world, and you talk about the 12 gifts. Um, How can uh, people who are deemed horrific uh, in our society, um, how can we use those gifts uh, uh, looking at them, but are they also worthy of, uh, using these inherent gifts and, and making a change for themselves?
0: Well, I certainly believe that everyone has the capacity for change. And, yes, we do see some horrific things in the world today and over time. I do think that compared to the whole of um, How many people live in the world now or at any time that they're really in the minority? And my feeling is that uh, I do think that there are people that are, can be very, very troubled. I do think everyone, every child is born, every person comes, well, we come in all as children, and we all have naturally come into the world so loving, ready to love and be loved and be open and trusting and playful, joyful, have the sense of wonderment. Everyone has these gifts and there's so much natural strength and courage really in every child and beauty. And and the other truth is that everyone is wounded, is part of being human to some extent, no matter how loving, wonderful uh great parenting anyone has it's just the nature of life that um we we will misinterpret things feel embarrassed not feel good enough so everybody's got some of that and have some of their gifts kind of covered up or eroded but um i guess to answer your question i i really do believe that yes there are horrific things and and but and people who commit things the gifts are in them. We may not see evidence of them, but I I believe they're in them. Do you agree with me, or do you have a different opinion with that?
1: I do agree with you. Um, I I think you know it's it's as you said we're all born you know uh, pretty much with a clean slate, slate, and I just think it's a matter of uh, what you are exposed to. Time and time again, uh, that. Um, by you know the age of 6 or 7 when the personality is pretty, pretty much formed you know kind of is the uh operating system of who you become the psychological operating system of who you become right um, and then and then there
0: are also factors I'm not uh you know I don't have a great understanding of them but I mean whatever is happening sort of chemically in the brain and someone mm-hmm. you know there are health issues there are, obviously there are people who have Um, are very confused troubled. they have psychological problems just as we have physical problems that i don't for me that doesn't take away from the inherent goodness of any person in -hmm. fact a a metaphor for that for me is you know i faced cancer uh 12 years ago it Mm -hmm. was advanced and i was told there was no cure and at first i was you know, very frightened by that, I felt tremendous fear of cancer and of the cancer cells and I had an, i 'm grateful for this. I had an enormous shift in how I looked at cancer, how I experienced that. I was able to see actually with the help of one of my daughters, who's a medical doctor um, and she she really helped me see that cancer cells are actually weak in many regards, yes, they grow out of control. But really they're very they're actually confused, and when I started to look at um well one factor, that's kind of like the people who commit who do horrific things they're really very troubled and confused. Well mm-hmm. when I started to see the cells this way, suddenly i i mean I wasn't burying my head in the sand or anything, but I mean I was acknowledging it, and i I did everything I could. I felt so empowered when I realized that they're confused, not that they're like these big bullies or something, it just it was it's a great way to look at, I think, many of our challenges is to see, you know, it's a confusing situation rather than, oh, my goodness, it's so strong and it's scary and I don't think you want to be build, building up fearful things. But the other thing with that is I realized that even if I had – several million, I don't know, millions of, of these confused cells in my body, I the overall there are more than like 70 trillion cells, and most of them, trillions, trillions upon trillions are going along being healthy, happy little cells, and mm-hmm. I really wanted to focus on that, and I think in our world today, and you know, if we would just realize there is so much that is working. There is so much that is good and healthy and in harmony, and there are so many great discoveries and joint ventures happening and partnerships and creativity. And it's true. You know, there is much more than that. Than I what, absolutely what...
1: love that. Uh, I love that uh, reframe and that paradigm. Um, and and one of the things that we, we uh, kind of have um, been talking about uh, and just assuming is that, you know, this is great work for adults, but I also think that, uh, even more so actually, uh, that this work, uh, would be, uh, revolutionary for teens, kids, and young adults. Um, uh, especially those that are experiencing bullying and, uh, uh, having, uh, you know, those inherent insecurities as, as we're growing up and evolving and becoming adults. What is your take on, on, on using touchstones? Uh, to To handle daily life in school and all of the structures that come with uh evolving you know from a child to a teen to to a young adult
0: Oh, my favorite focus of this work is working with children in fact, on uh, different websites that I have, I have uh tools for children oh I have like uh coloring pages that show um an activity children for example for strength there's a photo um there's a a drawing of a girl standing before a school bus and you can see the hesitancy in her the way she's holding her hands and her feet there's something about getting on that bus and, and I would ask kids about it, and they'll say, they'll interpret it and say, well, she probably just, it's her first day of school, or she just moved, or she doesn't have any friends, or something happened on the school bus yesterday. She's afraid of something at home. It's amazing how children, but just by using photos, and then they can color it, you know, and and there are questions along with that, like what what's happening in this photo, and, how might she be using strength? Think of a time you use strength. But all of this definitely can be brought down, is brought down in my work, to very elementary levels for children. And I know that when I have visited the classrooms, I have just seen that when children, when I I would read the simple 500-word fable, Mm -hmm. That takes five words to read Uh, The heart of the message It starts with a once upon a time story But the heart of it If I can just take a moment to read that, is At the wondrous moment you were born As you took your first breath A great celebration was held in the heavens And twelve magnificent gifts were granted to you the first gift is strength. May you remember to call upon it whenever you need it. The second gift is beauty. May your deeds reflect its depth. And and all the gifts are named with a little wish or blessing about how to use each one. And, and there's a conclusion to the story. Well, when I would read that, especially like even in second, third grade, children just delight. And they, they'll say things like, oh, I know that. And, and they want to t- talk about how they've used their gifts. Mm-hmm. And I see them just lighting up what um what happens, and of course, children I admit children love to have someone come in other than the teacher because it gives them some break from what their typical day so they 're they're usually delighted to have anyone come in but I think it 's more than that. I really have seen that um, uh, there's when they when they talk about this, there is a um they feel empowered. I, I witness kind of a, a big uplift going on in the classroom when kids get to talk about their special abilities, their talents, how they, what, what gift was most, um, do they think is most important. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, that one of the most touching things that I, I experienced is I traveled around that year that my husband and I visited about a hundred schools throughout the country, and when I would ask that question. What gift, do you have a favorite or does one seem most important to you? It's true that all the gifts got named. They would always try to see, well, let's see if we can remember all 12 after the story was told. And they all got named. But I was amazed at how many children would say compassion. Or very often they wouldn't have remembered the word compassion from after at the end of the story so they would say the kindness one you know that go oh that 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 kindness one that gift and that to me is so profound that young children many feel that the most important thing we can do is be kind to one another Mm -hmm. now what does that say if we cultivate that you know we really cultivate that early in children we wouldn't be having the bullying and if we would set you know really good examples and not be not you know have them see adults acting like bullies
1: mhm mhm that's a so what factor was, what, too. what would you say um would be a way for uh, people to live uh these 12 gifts how does one live these gifts
0: well, you know, every day uh, for me, I try to really walk the talk, and I, it's it is a a practice, one you know, day by day to try to remember to be um, not just using these words like ideals. We we've all heard them. You hear them a lot during the holiday season. You hear them for centuries. Um, philosophers, poets, prof, prophets, you know, point to tell us to be to use hope to use compassion to be loving love your neighbor as yourself it's very Mm -hmm. simple but not always easy to do but i think it comes down to every day picking ourselves up again and again and becoming more conscious it leads me back to touchstones just trying to remember in fact maybe carrying a stone around in your pocket and every time you put your hand in your pocket remember like oh yeah i'm going to try to stay conscious and remember to be compassionate you know, I'm going to try to be strong. When I feel weak, when I feel kind of um, afraid, to say strength, I'm going to use the word hope. I'm just going to be, keep reaching for what's within inside of me.
1: So, would you say that people can wake up every day and say, okay, you know, uh, you know, if they want to do a 12 day plan, for, for for instance, for themselves? It's like, okay, you know. Day one, I'm going to wake up and and have my touchstone in my pocket, and every time I I touch that touchstone, it's going to remind me of strength, and and, and basically carry that that thought with them throughout the day. And then the next day, they'll have a different one, and so on and so forth. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Hey, I love that idea. I absolutely love that. I I have many. Uh, I give them out at workshops and things. I love anchor, what I call anchoring activities. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you like, holding a stone. Now I will for example blow bubbles when I'm feeling all a tightness heaviness in my chest and I want to release some regret resentment I just I'll use bubbles for that with the intention of breathing up pulling them up out of me and expelling them into the bubble and letting them float away. When I feel fear, in order to have it kind of soften and melt away, because fear will block the flow of all of this, I will hold an ice cube and have the ice represent the fear, just let let it be and then put it in a little bowl with the intention of just letting it melt away. But I have many, many little activities and, and well, quotes and – but, you know, and I do think if each – you know, it, it takes – what really helps is a person says, well, what really works for me? Because for mm-hmm. some people, you know, one thing's going to work and not another. If I can mention here, I do have on my website a place for people to sign up and receive an email of a touchstone every single day that is a quote with just a few words after it. For example, a few days ago was uh, a quote from Alice Walker. In nature, nothing is perfect. Trees can be contorted, bent in weird ways, and they're still beautiful. And after that, I say... And so are we, not perfect and all beautiful. May mm-hmm. we embrace ourselves and one another. So it's just a thought to begin every day, and it's either, you know, it's about strength, beauty, courage, compassion, any one of the gifts. And my website is the12gifts.com.
1: The12gifts.com. That's fantastic. Um, what are some of the other websites that you had mentioned uh, earlier, um, or, or prophecies that you had mentioned earlier? What are those websites as well?
0: Um well, I have a lot on the website that's either my name or the 12, uh, the 12 gifts. And then on another one that is the 12giftsofbirth.com, I have some other special, some more resources for children there for teachers. I have an entire curriculum that parents or, or teachers can use in the classroom to, um, you know, for full lesson plans to be helping children to experience their gifts.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, we were talking about strength earlier, uh, and it reminded me of um, one of the stories that you, you, you shared in the book about a young mother uh, who discovered her her strength uh, when she was saving the life of a dog. Can you can you expand upon that?
0: Oh, that was one of the first when I just started collecting the stories. Um, and it, it happened where a woman simply said to me in a real soft voice, I know I have strength, When she after she read my book. And I said, well, oh, tell me about that. And she went on to say, I remember the exact date. And she said that, and she told me about, it was about 30 years previously, that she was a young woman living with her, her young son and her aging mother in India, and it was in the summer during the season, uh, the monsoon season, and um, so they were always prepared for intensified rainfall, but that summer they were uh, especially heavy. And uh, also, there were often many do- little, you know, stray dogs on the street in the summer and probably all year. But one, she took a sort of fondness for a certain dog who would come from food every day, and um, During in the the mist, as the water rose to a proportion where she and her son and her mother had to go climb to the roof of their house, and it was getting dark and uh, things were floating by like in a river of uh, torrential rain, she suddenly she noticed that dog that she had befriended on uh, like perched on the wall around the house, and her heart just opened, and she felt she had to save the dog. Now, it was getting dark, and she pushed her way down through the – went down the stairs and had to walk through the house. It was getting dark, pushing through chest-high water, opening the door. And this took enormous physical strength, but also strength of purpose to go out and Mm -hmm. rescue that dog. Especially at the end of the story, she said that she did not know how to swim. And she Mm. she didn't realize that um, it was really the strength of purpose – that she was so filled with, but before that, she had really never thought of herself as a strong person. She was very short in stature, only about five feet, soft-spoken, but that's her touchstone for any time she needs any kind of strength in life. She reaches, she thinks, wow, I remember I did that, and how the strength filled me, and it just it reminds her anytime she needs any type of strength and you know that's the only story in the book that is sort of a something that is um using the gifts in, in a dramatic kind of way as if you've read some of them you know that most of them are really everyday examples of using them and i think it's so important that we realize it's not always about rescuing you know a dog or a person like running into a, a a flaming building or it's a flood or something. We Mm -hmm. love heroic stories, but, you know, I think we all want to be and can be heroes on our own journey in little ways every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, You tell a story also about uh, the power of one of the gifts of imagination, like the Arizona Diamondbacks, using uh, imagination to uh, to, to win the World Series. I mean... uh, uh, imagination is extremely important um, and greatly, I think, overlooked. Uh, especially when we were talking about uh, our young people. Uh, talk to us about the efficacy of, of imagination.
0: Well, I'd love to um, add. Just, I love the story of the Diamondbacks. Um, that was that was in two thousand one when they won the World Series, and it's so amazing when you think that that team had been in existence for such a short time, I was home. I had just completed um, my chemotherapy and I, my all my treatment for, by the way, all these years after, obviously I'm still here. I was told there was no cure and there's no evidence of cancer in my system. Um, but oh. I, I remember at the end of that game, my, my husband and one of our daughters were at the game, and I was just watch. I didn't have the energy to go, but I was jumping and yelling, you know, and excited about supporting the underdog. And um, but I remember that at the end of it, in being interviewed, a, um, a sports caster said to um, Bob Brenly, the, the, man, the manager, "Did you ever imagine?" that uh, winning during the spring training, as if the answer would be no. And, um, you know, when he, he said, well, actually, yes, we did. And I I had the opportunity after that to talk with him, and I was so curious when I heard that because I wanted to know more about what he meant by that because it seems to me that, of course, every team, and we hear a lot of stories about how people in sports will run through in their whether it's a diver, you know, a mm-hmm. runner, anyone, mm-hmm. you see yourself doing your very best and that helps you to do it. So, and he explained how he would how he would tell the team really not only see it but like smell the ballpark, see it, hear the fans, hear, you know, just get into the experience in the most positive way as possible as best you can. And the truth is we can all do that. For our dreams, our hopes, our dreams, and whether whoever we are, and for whatever area in our lives, when we you when we vision what we really want for ourselves, that really does help us to create it.
1: Um, at the end of the book, you have uh, you, you talk about visual touchstones. Um, why did you Why did you decide to include that chapter? And talk to us about the significance of of visual touchstones. What does that mean?
0: Um well like you know like the um polished stones that I was saying um they can be anything that we see with our eyes but I I do think also what we watch what we take in through our eyes really actually take in through all our senses because we're always nurturing ourselves or taking in just like our bodies if we take in food mm-hmm. it's going to make a difference what we're Consuming, so what are we consuming through our ears oh, well, even through our our sense of smell, you know it makes a difference like i I will use rose water i oh and going back to one of my stories, when I was facing, I'm sorry that I'm jumping around here, but when I was facing cancer, I would smell suntan lotion every day because it helped me, it brought me back to really happy time in my childhood when I grew up at, at, the, at the shore and um, just my happiest memories when I felt so vibrantly alive and joyful as a child and just... You know, by smelling, closing my eyes and smelling suntan lotion, I experience an uplift. So it's, you know, what is it that we can do by what we're looking at? Looking out at nature, looking at the color, making sure that we have colors around us that we love. Mm -hmm. What are we holding in our hands, watching films, everything that is, um, we just tune it. We can tell in the moment, are you feeling kind of triggered with upset? Or are you feeling an uplift? Everything that is giving us an uplift in the heart is nurturing us and giving us good energy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And anything that does it is kind of a touchstone for either hope or joy or, you know, those are clues to what what our touchstones can be.
1: Um, You know, we've talked a lot about um, some of the different uh, types of touchstones uh and how we can uh actually use them um, let's get a little bit more specific if we could like you know how would one use a touchstone for or what touchstone would you recommend I should say uh for someone maybe dealing with illness or someone wanting to reinvent themselves financially uh what are some of the uh, touchstones or processes that you would recommend for uh you know those kind of devastating Uh, really, really big um, uh, uh, evolutionary processes?
0: Uh, Well, first of all, um, at different points along the way, even throughout one day as as we're facing anything, it's going to change moment by moment. At the moment, are we needing compassion, gentleness for ourselves? Because if we're feeling whether it's a physical thing or something in relationship or finance, what we might be doing is doing a lot of beating ourselves up, blaming ourselves, anger at ourselves or others. So sometimes softening around that and just beginning, you know, or first recognize, okay, it is what it is, but how am I going to deal with it? But, mm-hmm. but stopping, any, stopping the judgment. Now, I think that hope, from my experience, hope, trusting in what is unfolding and cultivating somehow getting hope stirred is the for, for me like a threshold kind of um, one of the gifts that is more likely to then lead to a greater sense of um i'm going to open up to strength and courage tune in be able to tune into wisdom something else but for someone else it may be joy is their main sort of their first touchstone and then mm-hmm. how you do each one how we open to each one that's really for each person to find build their own collection of touchstones and as we said that can be physical things it can be um but among the, the music the stories the whatever they use whatever we use to nour- nourish ourselves affirmation prayer visualization um, aromatherapy any of those things um that is for someone to determine for themselves and mm-hmm. I have a story about that if I may um it reminds me and it's another story in the book when i was just starting my treatment my oncologist said to me this is a time that calls for strength do what makes you strong And he acknowledged that, you know, men, for example, very often like to um, talk with him about, like, let's get out the big guns and and let's blast this thing. And they use very um, military kind of things. And he said women, and and it's not always, things don't always fall into those categories, but he said typically, not every man, but more men to do that. And women tend to have a softer approach, although some women you know had the same approach but and I know for me I didn't want to fight cancer I wanted to release it so I used different mm. kinds of examples but um when he said that do what makes you strong a story came to mind for me um, I remembered that I had heard a story about um Ivan Pavlov who is a behaviorist a scientist who worked with particularly studying the behavior of animals Um, but he contracted a very serious um, illness before penicillin was discovered and had a very high fever and and he, he was likely to die because there was not you know the medicine for that but he had this idea and he asked an assistant to go to the river and get for him a bucket of mud and he uh, isn't that curious? I mean, that you wonder curious. what is he going to do with what is he going to do with the mud? You know, is, mm-hmm. is that mud bath? I mean, what? Well, he closed his eyes and he just, with his hands in the bucket, he he played in the mud and recreated in his mind his childhood times of his childhood when he would go to the river with his mother and she would be doing the laundry and singing and telling him stories, and the joy that he felt, he just sta- created this. Wonderful um state of mind, and his body returned to homeostasis and his you know really all the medicine, everything that we do that that helps us to heal is actually triggering the healing mechanisms in our own bodies mm-hmm. you know it mm-hmm. is not really the medicine that heals us, but it triggers us so anyway when i when I heard that do that struck me, so that was one thing he did that made him strong. That that was actually what led me to do the thing with the suntan lotion because I never liked playing in the mud like he did when he was a child. But at the shore in the water and the sand, I loved building sandcastles. So I did a number of things. You know, I had shells and I had my suntan lotion and and I loved using kaleidoscopes and I, I you know I played music that I love. But I I think we all have to build our own tool chest of what makes us strong Mm -hmm. and it isn't only in terms of strong with the word strength but you know it's to have all of these inner strengths, resources that include um our hope and our courage and our wisdom and our using our imagination our joy how do we tap into those things our faith and um again it's it's You know, my point in writing the book Touchstone Stories for Living the Twelve Gifts is to encourage, well, share my stories, and um, but hopefully they will trigger memories and ideas. um, Not only with the stories themselves, but at the end of each chapter, there are questions that are designed to for reflection and thinking and stirring some memories, so that readers build their own collection.
1: I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. A great body of work and something that is, I think, extremely needed, even though overlooked, uh, that something something as simple as <clears throat> uh, working with uh, a touchstone can uh, have dramatic uh, 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 positive consequences in one's life. I just love it.
0: Uh, thank you, Philippe.
1: Uh, And what I'd love to do is I'd love to invite you back on the show uh, and uh, talk about more of this phenomenal work uh, that you have done and that also is uh, being demonstrated every day uh, by by, uh, the millions of people who have uh, purchased uh, your your work and who are uh, changing their lives and subsequently changing the lives of others by just you showing up this way at this time. I I really want to thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I'd love to be a guest again. One thing I could do, because your show is long enough, um, in another show, because I think we're like uh, may probably out of time now. I think I'm not sure how much time we have, but um, the the twelve gifts of birth is a story that I often read on shows that are longer, and it, um, it because it is so short. And it goes right to the heart. I've often heard from people after they hear it on a show that just hearing this little story made a difference.
1: So perhaps mm. at another
0: time I could I, I'd be happy to share that entire story on a show.
1: Oh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Give us the uh, web address again, so people can go and uh, get the latest work.
0: Well, the the best way is to remember simply the twelve gifts. And that's either using the word 12 or the numeral 12. The 12gifts.com.
1: Fantastic.